Welcome back to the Autoblog Podcast. I'm Greg Migliori. We have a great show for you. This is all spend my money questions. We've been meaning to do this for a long time. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to bring in senior editor for All Things Green, John Snyder. Hey, how's it going? I'm excited to see how we did on some of these. I am too. I am too. So we've got a handful of questions that go back um, fairly recently, the last few months. Um, oldest one is 679, and then we work our way uh, basically forward to 683. So uh, I'm excited. A lot of these cars in here, uh, cars, trucks, SUVs, really resonated with me deeply. It's mm -hmm. fun to kind of go back and look um, about you know how we did, how we thought then, and what we think right now. Yeah, so, we've, had, we've had more of a chance to drive some of these, uh, put more miles on them, and uh, maybe reassess our decisions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's tee up the first one. Uh, if you're listening, uh, again, send us your spend my money. So that's podcast at autoblog.com. Uh, we're going to stay with you. You know, this isn't like a greatest, you know, friends episode, greatest hits, you know, clips thing from the 90s where you're like, oh, man, this is like five episodes. I've already heard smooshed into one. We're to stay with you. We're going to offer some commentary here. We're going to have some fun. Uh, it's sort of like armchair experting ourselves, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So this is the the first one. This is Wayne from Portland, 679. Uh, I guess I'll let myself take it away. All right. This is Wayne from Portland, Oregon, uh, looking to replace his wife's 2017 Jeep Wrangler Unlimited. Okay. In late March, they were rear-ended by a reckless driver. Total the Jeep. Oh, no. Uh, so her Jeep was actually get this set up, uh, with like a camping setup. There was a roof rack, tent storage in back. It was lifted. It was near perfect. So condolences. We're sorry to hear that. Uh, they did get a good settlement check from the insurance. So now it's a tough decision. Um, they want another camping type vehicle. Initial thought is another Wrangler, but there's some, you know, scar tissue from losing the Wrangler. So they're kind of wondering if, you know, they just basically say that's out. Okay. I would honestly probably say get another Wrangler, to be honest, mm -hmm. giving the setup, but you're looking to do something else. Criteria are manual transmission, four-wheel drive with low range, fun or unique color. Her old Wrangler was purple. Enough room for camping gear. The upper price limit is 50 grand. Uh, they have a short list, uh, which they didn't share, and that's okay, uh, making us do some work here. So they're looking for basically a cool off-roader, 50 grand. Um, take it over to you. What do you think? All right. So the Wrangler is the obvious choice. It meets all of their criteria, um, mm -hmm. except that it's, they, they literally said the, the, the wounds are too fresh. So that's out. Um, I don't know if that also means that a gladiator is out. Um, mm. but a gladiator would also fit all the requirements quite nicely. Um, and maybe even add a little bit of, uh, extra utility for all your camping gear um, with a, a truck bed. Um, so obviously the Gladiator is an excellent option if a Wrangler's out. Um, if you're willing to have a little bit of fun with it and, and make it a build, um, I've got two other options um, in order of difficulty slash outlandishness. Uh, first option, start with the Ford Ranger. Um, it's, mm. it's an excellent platform. Um, it, uh, meets your requirements, um, manual. Well, I don't think not a manual, so maybe it doesn't quite meet that requirement. Um, but all the other ones, four wheel drive with low, um, you know, it's got a ton of payload 
which is the big problem with a lot of trucks like the Tacoma. Um, they uh, just don't have a lot of room for modifications, big wheels, tires, that kind of thing. It doesn't apply to the Ranger. Um, if you don't like the idea of a Ranger and want something completely closed, you're going to have a really hard time uh, with the manual transmission requirement. You can get an older Forerunner, um, but they haven't had manuals in them for, for a while now. Um, here's where I go way off the beaten path um, and say you could get a Volkswagen Vanagon Synchro. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's wild. Okay. It's, 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 I mean, it's way off the beaten path here. Um, but with your $50,000, uh, upper price limit, you could get a pretty cool one. Um, they are extremely capable. Um, they will travel, uh, just kind of off-road scenarios that you would not expect. Um, very capable four wheel drive system, manual transmission, uh, definitely enough room for camping gear meets your price range. Um, you know, if you don't like the color, you can always paint it. <laughs> so that's, that's my off my rocker recommendation, uh, VW synchro. Um, but really if you're not willing to get a Wrangler, your best bet is probably a gladiator. I wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, I think, you know, it's worth noting the gladiator is a very credible, like mid-sized truck. Uh, it's not just a gladiator with a bed. Uh, which I think is why they call it a gladiator, not the scrambler or, you know, another, any other names that could have gone with. I, I like the gladiator. I'm more of a wrangler guy myself. Just that's how I break down the segment. But um, so, yeah, that, I think that's a great choice. I was specking out Broncos right here, which I think is just, you know, a very obvious thing here. It would appear to fit everything they want. You could get a manual. It's a seven speed manual. I mean, I would assume there's, there's plenty of colors on the, the Bronco camping gear. Upper price limit is 50 grand. Well, the Bronco, like the big Bronco actually starts, you know, reasonably low in the like, uh, let me see what this one is that I've specced out here. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? It's well under 50 grand. Let me put it that way. Um, depending on the trim you get, you can, you know, get all the way up. I mean, even the base, which I almost can't believe is 28.5. So I would steer you towards a Bronco, to be honest, just because like if you want an off-roader and you want to say, well, what's, what's the closest thing to a Wrangler that's not a Wrangler? Well, it's, it's a Bronco, um, the new one. They're not on sale yet, but uh, you can certainly get on there and build in price and probably get pretty close to what you're looking for. Um, you know, again, if you're looking for sort of like a Wrangler, well, then Gladiator. <laughs> And then I do like um, the Forerunner option. I don't know how hard the manual transmission um, criteria is. If it's not, then maybe find a lightly used one or even a new one and away you go. The Forerunner is one of my favorite vehicles on the market. It really is. I think you get a little bit more vehicle around you than you do in the Wrangler. It just in general drives just so jouncy. Um, I wouldn't say no. If you came to me and you were like, I'm thinking Gladiator, I would say yes, get the Gladiator. If you're saying I like the Forerunner, I would say, well, here's some of the compromises. But if that's what you like, I like it too. Be aware of these, still get it. You know, it's almost mm -hmm. like a little bit like, you know, when the doctor tells you, well, you can do this or you cannot do it. <laughs> it's up to you. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, well, great, what do I do? Um, that's how I would probably put this. You've got a lot of good choices. And since you've 
you know, you've got a bit of a budget here from the insurance company, you can um, give it a go. So, yeah, you know, the if if the manual transmission isn't an absolute necessity, um, I've seen some amazing camper slash overlander um, uh, build outs of the previous gener generation Lexus GX, the one that ended in 2009. Mm. Um, that was, uh, you know, it's, it's the Land Cruiser Prado in um, a lot of a lot of the world, and it is. Uh, um, got that same 4.7 liter V8 that we were talking about earlier that is just like the pinnacle of, of vehicular reliability and durability. Um, so that's, that's a great choice if, uh, if you're willing to bend that manual transmission rule. But you know what? I'm just going to stick with my guns and say you, you really, you, you have to get a VW van again with the synchro. I mean, okay. I, can, I can think of nothing else that, uh, that, that is going to satiate your desire to have a, uh, a really cool camping rig, um, you know, with some uniqueness, your manual transmission, your uh, durable, heavy-duty four-wheel drive system. So, I mean, don't buy it, but definitely buy it. I would say Bronco, and I would probably say number two would be 4Runner. That's the way I would look at it. Um, I suppose... Maybe you can find an old Land Cruiser just to try and complete the circle of this podcast. Like a lightly used one that maybe was like in the $70,000 range. It's got some miles. I don't know. We're going too far afield here. Bronco, then Forerunner. That's all the time we have. All right. So I went with Bronco or Forerunner. I stand behind that. Jeremy was the one who went with the Gladiator on this one. Do you think that holds up, John? Um, I think the Bronco or Forerunner are the, the better choices here. Um, after driving a Wrangler for a long time, you might want uh, to take a little break. Uh, the Bronco's easier to drive. The Forerunner, also easier to drive. And also, you're in an enclosed vehicle without panels creaking around and a little less noise. So, I would probably go with the Forerunner there. Um, but I think either the Bronco or the Forerunner, depending on your mood, uh, would be a good choice there. Sounds good. Sounds good. I appreciate you uh, supporting my opinion. Uh, all right, 680. This was an update from a previous Spend My Money. Um, let's listen in. We have an update uh, from the Spend My Money from just last week, episode 679. Uh, this came from Wayne in Portland. Uh, listen to the pod. Thanks for the suggestions. This was, uh, let's see, the gentleman who was looking to replace uh, his Wrangler uh, that I believe was uh, totaled. So, here's basically the update. Full disclosure, we already bought the Gladiator Rubicon in Snazberry Pearl before I sent the email. So, essentially, what he was trying to do is see if we like concurred with what he did. And hey, that's cool. I appreciate that. Um, so, uh, basically wanted to see if um, we agreed or if, you know, should go kick himself and, you know, see if there was something they didn't think of. So, uh, they're going to do some camping adventures and they're doing some, looks like they're working on a build out for that. So, that's cool. Uh, he threw in some pictures of the Wrangler, which was uh, nicknamed Smoochie, pre-accident. And the Gladiator is, uh, looks like Aquila in its current state. So, some cool car nicknames. It's good to name your car. Have you ever named any of your cars, Zach? No, I have not actually. I, so, I, I guess the, the, the closest thing to a name with my Integra I sometimes refer to it as the Teggy, 
Okay. Um, but it's not, it's not like I've, I've given it a name like Steve or something like that. Got it. <laughs> so I just sort of handed it that nickname and, uh, sort of roll with it. Sometimes call it the Integra, sometimes call it Teggy. Either okay. one works. All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. They, the short list was a new Wrangler, a used Wrangler, a new Gladiator, or a new Bronco. They got the Gladiator. Uh, the Wrangler was just, it was tough to kind of buy a Wrangler after they wrecked the Wrangler, a little bit of scar tissue. Uh, Bronco would have been higher up, except uh, it sounds like the waiting list was uh, until next year. And they didn't want to miss the camping season. Of course, the Bronco, I don't believe, is actually on sale right now either. So, there's that. That's the large Bronco, not the Bronco Sport, which if you live anywhere in Michigan, they're literally on every corner. It seems like everybody used their employee discount to go get a Bronco Sport. They are everywhere. But yeah, fair point. If you want the uh, the actual Bronco, you got to wait for it. Um, basically, thought, uh, let's see, the Synchro suggestion was fantastic though. Uh, both Wayne and his wife have been into VWs for the last 20 plus years. Uh, let's see, he owns a 1990 Corrado, very cool. And she owns a 2003 20th anniversary uh, GTI, 20th anniversary edition GTI. That's pretty neat. Um, so, you know, they were into some of Jeremy's uh, uh, VW van suggestions. So, so basically, um, sounds like we did a good job on that one, I'd say. So, thanks for writing and thanks for listening, Wayne. Uh, try to condense that letter. Hope I didn't uh, butcher it up too much. But um, yeah, that was uh, that's the update. Should we spend some more money? Let's spend some more money. Yeah, right. looks like it's a similar uh, off-roady yeah. uh, theme this week too. Exactly. All right, here. So scrolling down here, uh, looking for some help spending some money on a new larger vehicle for a growing family. Uh, the first baby is coming in September. Congratulations. They live in Georgia and they're looking for a car they could commute in, a short city commute, and then use for regular weekend use uh, in some long family trips up the East Coast. Sounds like a good good time. Right now, they have a 99 Wrangler uh, that they are looking to replace. Uh, my guess is that experience is probably a little ragged at this point. You probably don't want to do too much commuting in a 99 Wrangler, uh, although if it's short, you're probably all right. Uh, his wife has a 2019 Subaru Outback. That's a company car. They can both drive it, but it's not really a permanent solution. Makes a lot of sense there. So, um, see, he references the uh, the minivan discussion from a couple of weeks ago, but they don't want that. Fair enough. Uh, so they're looking to replace it with another boxy SUV, modern and safe. Budget is up to around 60 grand. The front runner is the new Defender 110. Uh, but they're saying finding the something closer to the stock version they like and could afford is nearly impossible. I agree with that. I uh, drove a Defender last fall, and it's an interesting vehicle because the price point is there's a lot of price points. Let's put it that way. So um, let's see. They've looked at newer, slightly used Forerunners. Uh, other options are wait for the new Forerunner whenever that might come out, or the Rivian R1S. Thoughts. Or other suggestions? I think I know what I'm going to go with here, but uh, Zach, I'll kick it over to you. What do you think? Yeah, man. So I have not driven uh, the new Land Rover Defender. Um, I have heard some really good things about it from everybody that has driven it, um, and I I do think that it is a strong front runner. Uh, 
to have there. You know, it's it's a family vehicle. It's going to be uh, semi luxurious. Um, you know, even if you do get one that is around sixty thousand dollars, it's it's going to be pretty nice. Um, but you know, it's it's also probably not going to be you know the vehicle that you might want to keep for ten years or something like that. It's it's probably not going to be. Uh, shiny and new and great and super reliable that entire time um, if you know recent Land Rovers are any any indication as to where where this one is going to um, maybe if you're looking for something you know briefer out there something like three or four years uh, just just keep it under warranty um, then that would be a really good choice however uh, honestly your your second option there with the forerunner uh, would probably be my number one pick. Uh, you can go and get something super cool like a TRD Pro. You can get a Forerunner TRD Pro uh, with your $60,000 budget. Um, you can actually be slightly under budget there, outfit it with some some cool aftermarket stuff if, if that's the way that you want to go. It's going to be wildly reliable, keep all of its value, uh, probably just like your 1999 Wrangler. Uh, is probably retaining far more value than uh, than you might expect it to be, um, and and it's a Toyota, so you know you're. I know as of late, you know they've even updated the Forerunner with you know a massive suite of uh, Toyota driver assistance systems. Um, you can get adaptive cruise control, lane departure alert, um, that that whole grab bag of stuff. And if you like cool colors, they can give you a really cool color with the Forerunner as well. Um, as for waiting, you know, you, you mentioned those those long shot options. I would not bet on a new Forerunner coming uh, anytime soon within the time period that you want it. Um, I, I know that I, I haven't seen any rumors or any any reports about a, a new one coming soon. And then the Rivian. Uh, Tough to recommend that one as well because, once again, I, I, I have never driven it. Um, but if, if you're looking at EVs, that seems to be, you know, the one if you want something that is uh, big, off-road capable, and also can seat a lot of people. There really aren't any other options coming anytime soon. So, Forerunner, number one pick, I think, for me. Uh, seems like a great, you know, cool family vehicle. Uh, that uh, is not going to blow blow your budget out either. Yeah, um, same. That's I, I actually kicked it over to you because I wanted to see if you might go with something different than the Forerunner. But I like the Defender. It's it's you know for sixty thousand dollars you could get a pretty nice one, and I feel like in some of the more basic trims it doesn't quite stand out as much as it does once you really dress it up. You get like the two-tone paint and the cool wheels. Uh, but honestly, I've driven them both. The Defender is a more modern vehicle. It's, you know, it's a Land Rover as opposed to a Toyota. So there's certainly some brand, you know, cachet there. But at the end of the day, for the budgets all the way up to 60 grand, you can get the top forerunner and still have almost 10 grand to spend on just some accessories. And I still, this is very like almost like an emotional like logic here. I like the Forerunner better. I love the Forerunner. I think it's a lot of fun to drive. I love how it looks. It's a little old school. It's a lot old school. Haven't heard about really any new Forerunners on the horizon. So, you know, when you yeah. said that, my first thought was, wait, what's going on? Is there a new Forerunner coming? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, even just sketch it out the, the trims here, 
TRD Pro starts at 57.45, add some destination, and you're probably still looking at 52.53. Um, I would that you just want to spend the best forwarder you've got. That's cool. I, you know, the limited, I don't really, that's not the look I want for a forerunner, just as I'm going through here. I would probably drop back down to like a Venture Special Edition, which comes with the uh, the Yakima cargo basket, which is kind of neat. Um, and even in base trim, you know, $38,000 forerunner or just a simple TRD off-road premium at 43, not including destination charges. You're getting a lot of SUV there. You're getting a lot of off-roader uh, for your money and you're getting a pretty cool look. So I would definitely say forerunner. Um, you know, maybe go drive a Defender and it might be the kind of vehicle that you fall in love with. And in, in, if that's the case, then that's the car for you. I mean, it's, you know, car buying can be a very um, like evocative experience. Uh, it can be emotional, but I mean, that's where I would land is I would do Forerunner. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, there, there's one other, you know, if, if you are willing to wait because it, it does look like, you know, maybe wait for a new Forerunner or the Rivian R1S. Um, I don't know how long you'd have to wait at this point because there are a lot of pre-orders, but the Bronco four-door yeah, as well. Uh, you know, you're, you're ditching a Wrangler, so you're ditching a vehicle that is, you know, a bit of a rock crawler, really, really good off-road. Um, the forerunner will definitely be a little more practical than a Bronco. I am, I'm, I'm guessing, but you know, you can, you can get a, almost like a the, the, the Broncos are so much more modern than than the forerunner you get so many more tech features um, things that are probably going to be better for a family lifestyle as well um, so if if you are willing to wait and you're willing to most likely pay more than you're paying for the forerunner then uh, you know maybe maybe check out that four-door Bronco when they eventually hit hit the dealers later this year yeah, that's a great point. Like, if you are willing to like wait for the Rivian, I would also wait for the Bronco, if you will, as far as just yeah. looking at time frames. Um, Rivian might be cool, but to your point there, Zach, who knows? You know, I mean, I, I don't think I'd be waiting on what's still essentially a startup car company to deliver yeah. my next car if I needed it anytime soon. Um, so, yeah, uh, Bronco, but I would still lead towards Forerunner just as far as. You know, you want to go camping this summer, head down to your local Toyota dealership, and I think you'll get set up right away. You know, if you're willing to play the waiting game, uh, absolutely, that Bronco is going to be cool too, though. So, yeah. All right. So, for this one, Road Test Editor Zach Palmer went Land Rover Defender or Forerunner, and I agreed. Uh, you know, I guess I, it's kind of a cliche to keep agreeing with myself, but <laughs> I tend to pick Land Rover Defenders and Forerunners a lot. Um, that trend continues. In fact, three of the first four, I have picked a Forerunner. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. So, I don't know. I think I, I still stand behind what I said on this one, too. The Defender is a, an, in, an interesting one. Um, I think that one sort of stands out to me because it's a little bit different than than what they've been driving and um you know definitely more updated than the forerunner too i also think i could have gone with a land cruiser in here mm -hmm. um maybe a used one i don't remember exactly the budget here but i think that could have worked as well so uh this one involved a, a baby on the way in georgia uh the next one episode 681 uh another baby on the way and they were looking to uh 
get a vehicle hauler for the baby and the dog. So let's uh, let's listen in. All right, this Happy is a, this is a very nuanced one here. Uh, let's see. All right, so I've been debating this one for a while now and thought you guys might have some good suggestions. My wife and I had a baby in February. Congratulations. Congratulations. Exactly. Um, so they're in the market for something that can hold all of the traveling junk, junk that comes along with a tiny human and a dog. Welcome to my world, man. Yeah, um, sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so here's the choices. Well, actually, here's more of the backstory. I have two cars that have been fantastic for what he needs. First, the 08 Tacoma. Sounds great. Towing the boat, Home Depot trips, was there last weekend. Uh, and in anything involving more than one passenger. Secondly, he's got a 2010 BMW 135i with a manual. Awesome. He commutes in both. Yeah. I would commute in both too. I could easily see some mornings where I want to just drink coffee and drive the taco. Um, but the downside to that is the rear-facing car seats don't fit great in the taco and I imagine they really don't fit well in the 135i if it even has a back seat. Off the top of my head, I don't even know. Does it? You think, John? Uh, it, yes. It does, probably. I would have guessed yes. I digress. Uh, so, here are the options. Sell both cars and buy a sporty family SUV. Owning a new one is better than two old ones, right? Top contender, a loaded X5. I'll say right off the bat, if you do that, that's a safe play. You're not going to go wrong. Keep the 135i for fun drives and get a less sporty SUV with plenty of space. So that would mean keep the 135i and get a Yukon Denali. Uh, he argues, and I don't disagree with this, that V8s are on the way out. It's now or never. Probably. Option three, keep the taco for towing and buy a sporty wagon. A6 Allroad, E63S, and RS6 Avant are too spendy. Uh, mm -hmm. Sorry, I ran that all together. He asked about the A6 All-Road, but the Mercedes and the RS6 Avant are too expensive. So, the budget is $75,000 if he keeps the one series, ninety grand if he sells both. Looking forward to our thoughts. All right. Okay. It's quite the email. Yeah. It's a, it's a good one. Yeah. I, I, uh, should I just say what I think? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. All right. I think go with option two. Okay. Uh, keep keep the keep the one series because mm -hmm. that's that's fun and that, that will continue to be fun, mm -hmm. um, especially with the manual transmission. Um, and and replace a taco. I would say, you know, if, if your heart is set on a V eight, fine. But I think maybe don't dwell on the past. Embrace the future okay. and try a Volvo XC90 plug-in hybrid. Okay. Um, All right. It, it's, it's still, I mean, it's a pretty sporty SUV. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it drives great. Tons of space. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think you could go wrong there. And, um, yeah, within the price range, too. So, that, that, that's, that's what I would say. Um, but I, I just would hate to... Uh, the 135i, I feel like getting rid of that would be uh, a source of regret yeah. later. Yeah, you know, I've 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 regretted um, selling certain cars, and I feel like if that was a car that I had, I would miss it. Um, so I think you you should keep the one one series, and uh, uh, you know if you what if you want to get the Yukon, do the Yukon, but. Uh, I think the the plug-in hybrid XC90 is uh, 
you know, it's, 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 uh, comfortable, it's fast. Um, it's really interesting. That powertrain is not boring at all. Um, and you know, it doesn't hurt to, you know, uh, save some money at the gas pump when you're, um, using electricity for some of your driving. The, uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I drove the uh, the S90 recharge a couple weeks back. So similar setup, just different sort of silhouette. Very impressed with it. Uh, frankly, I was very impressed again with just Volvo and who they are mm-hmm, and what they yeah. do. It had been a while since I had been in uh, an interior that, you know, was, was good like that. Um, so um, I am a little torn here because I really like the, I like this generation of one series. It speaks back to like, frankly, right when I got into automotive journalism, um, because that generation stretches back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Um, I like the taco a lot too, but I'm more of a forerunner guy. So frankly, it makes it a little easier for me to say, you can let go of the taco. I mean, I think just mm-hmm. yeah, I think the way he lays out this scenario I think the taco is probably the thing, you know, you're, you're throwing over the side of the boat here. Um, and that kind of leads me to option number two, which is keep the 135i. At this point, it's probably as cheap as it's going to be. Maybe it even goes up in value. I don't know. I mean, I can see people getting back into these. And then I will go a little bit different than you here and say, yeah, if you want to buy a large body on frame SUV, I love them. America loves them. Go for it. <laughs> Feel free. Um, I have been in the Suburban uh, a couple times in the last six months. It's awesome. Uh, I was in the yeah. Diesel Suburban, which, oh, if nice. you, yeah, if you're looking for something to tow the boat, hey, yeah. consider that. Um, I believe you can get the diesel across like in a variety of GM SUVs. So, like, um, if you don't quite need the Suburban, uh, I'm sure there's a Yukon or even the Tahoe is much roomier than it was previously uh take a look at one of those um and just decide how big you want to go um and go from there like i would i mean i would say honestly i would highly recommend any of those large like truck based general motors suvs as far as just like like it sounds like it sounds like you're not looking to go real like like lincoln navigator you know it looks like you're looking more like bringing up yukon denali it sounds like you want something that's like, eh, maybe you are looking to go like a navigator. I don't know. Um, but my recommendation would be, hey, Yukon Denali is fine. I also particularly enjoyed the Suburban and the Tahoe though as well. I think, um, you know, you get a lot of stuff on those vehicles. Obviously, with the same platform. So, you know, you're just paying sometimes a couple grand less depending on the trim and what you get. Um, and I would check out the diesel engine. Um, it's... It's an interesting option. It's a torquey experience. Um, you know, those SUVs have uh, a little more interior room. They um, they redesigned the back. Um, like, the suspension is different. So, like, the way that yeah. trickles down is, like, the whole rear cargo area is better laid out. And I know I've said this before, but it bears repeating. In the old Tahoe and the old Suburban, they were enormous, like, battleship vehicles. But you actually couldn't put as much stuff in the back of them as you would think. That's not a problem anymore in the new ones. Like, it's really a good, usable space. Uh, I put my dog in the back at one point, and she's a 
Well, she was a 60-pound golden retriever. She may be 70. Uh, now, that <laughs> after is the pandemic lockdown, uh, you know, nears its end, but she's eaten a little bit of human food during this time. But she's a big dog. And she had room to, like, saunter around when we were, like, unloading the vehicle. That's a long mm -hmm. story, long-winded way of saying, yeah, check out, like, a Tahoe or a Suburban, too. And, yeah, the Yukon Denali is awesome. You know, I think it's got a pretty cool vibe uh, as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like we're both in agreement. Keep the 135i. Have fun with that. Yeah. No real reason to get rid of it. You know, if you're going to, you know, spend that much money on a large SUV, you might as well keep something fun too. So, mm -hmm. cool. Okay. It looks like I was torn on this one. And this was kind of a multiple choice scenario here. I think your position, frankly, holds up better than mine. I'm throwing a Suburban at him. I don't know about that. I mean, sure, you're not going to go wrong, but that seems like a very like heavy-handed approach to family hauling. Um, yeah, but I, I I stand behind your position, frankly. I think you had a pretty good take on this one. Yeah, I mean, I I could not imagine getting rid of a, a 135 with a manual transmission. That would just break my heart. So I I think that's still the right choice to keep that. Um, I said Volvo XC90 hybrid, you know, sort of step into the future a little bit. Um, also, I don't know. There are some there's some decent cars out there now after I've been driving the, the Palisade for over a year. Uh, that's a good one, although not very exciting powertrain, but very good family hauler. And uh, we've been very, very happy with it. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So let's move on to episode 682. A Wisconsin gearhead who is currently driving an 06 Charger. Well, hey, I have an 06 Charger in my garage. Um, once again, I suggested a 4Runner, uh, but they were looking to go kind of like uh, a little bit off-roady here or something enthusiast-oriented, um, if you will. Um, yeah, I don't know. Let's, uh, let's hear how this one plays out. So, should we spend some money? Yeah. All right, let's buckle up here. A little bit of a long email here, but it's kind of fun. Hello, Autoblog crew, gearhead from Wisconsin. Loves working on cars, looking to get a new car, maybe an SUV. Currently driving an 06 Charger. Hey, so am I, actually. It's in my garage, and it hasn't moved in a while. Uh, the Wisconsinite, however, has an RT Daytona. I don't. I have an SE. Own this car for about four years. It's got about 125 grand on the clock. It's a fun car, and I've done my home garage upgrades and made it. Uh, my own. Okay. Looking for something different. Looking to buy a new slash used slash old car. Budget is 25 grand. Maybe a little bit more if I sell the Daytona and I'm looking at three different options. I mainly drive outside of the city uh, and maybe do some off-roads. So uh, here are the, the three options, if you will, and a few others. Uh, Newish to used Challenger uh, or Charger. Just basically upgrade the existing version uh, with something that's maybe a little bit sportier than the 06. Charger and the Challenger have gone through a lot of changes since then. I think that would, you know, at least flip the script a little bit, but it would be a familiar script. Uh, a Bronco or a Bronco Sport. Winter here can be rough. Um, yep, I believe that. And looking for something that can be used year-round or off-roading. Option number three is a 60s or 70s sports or muscle car in decent shape. Uh, as I said before, I'm a bit of a gearhead and love to work on cars. Has an unusual attraction to the old 1971 Lotus Europa, but he's open to almost anything. 
So there's a lot to unpack here. This is Mark S. Thanks for writing, by the way. Send us your spend my money is at podcast.autoblog.com. I'll throw that in there real quick. So to me, there's almost like two to three different scenarios here. Um, if you're going to sell the Charger Daytona, you can spend a little bit more. The question is, is do you want to make like your new car like a daily driver? Um, and how do you want your daily drive to be? Because your daily drive in a 70s muscle car is going to be a lot different than in a Bronco Sport. Um, so uh, there's a lot going on here. Um, Joel, I will kick it to you. Uh, what do you think? Um, <laughs> so this is one of those things where it's so open, it's kind of hard to come up with something. Um, maybe instead of like kind of squishing things together here a little bit, uh, maybe instead of like a Bronco or Bronco Sport, like a recent one, maybe an old one would be good. Ah, that's interesting. Creative. Or maybe like a K5 Blazer or like a Dodge yeah. Ram Charger. Because um, then you would have like excellent off-road capability. You'd have kind of a cool old vehicle that you could work on. Um, it would be something kind of practical. Uh, you'd still have a V8, which would be fun. I mean, uh, I think you could get the Bronco maybe with the ford straight six but i think most of them at this point would be the v8 ones um so you'd still have like that nice v8 rumble um there's huge aftermarket for those trucks and i think with twenty five thousand dollars, you could actually get a pretty good one so that might be that might actually be a good way to go um or even like uh, an old four-wheel drive truck i mean like a chevy k10 or silverado um Ford F-150, Dodge Ram, uh, any of those, and you'd still have the uh, off-road capability. Um, some of those, if you get them a little bit later model, uh, you'll have a much newer, more powerful engine. Um, yeah, like a four-wheel drive Ram 1500 from like the last 20 years could be pretty fun. Um the uh, the fifteen hundreds could be had with the five point seven liter engine, and the twenty five hundreds could be had with the six point four liter engine. Granted, those twenty five hundreds are heavy, um, and they're solid axle front and rear, so they're not going to handle like a muscle car. But um, you'd have you'd have kind of the same sound and similar power. So so that might actually be kind of an interesting way to go, like an old like an older truck or SUV. Um, get that. It's it's wrenchable. It's got a V8. It's got off-road and winter capabilities. They're really practical. Might be kind of an interesting way to go. Nice job threading the needle there, Joel. I'm impressed that you literally took <laughs> the off-road, the enthusiast, and even a little bit of sportiness and wove it all into one for somebody who lives in a cold climate. That that was impressive. I will <laughs> not do quite as well. Um, I would suggest to riff a little bit on your points. I think like one of the like the big Broncos, the squared ones, if you will, could be fun. Uh, they're starting; they're still pretty cheap, uh, but I think you're going to start to see them go back up in value. So that could be fun. Um, you know, if you're looking for something that's you know like that off-roader thing, an older forerunner, you know, sort of somewhere between like collectible versus just more of a daily driver. 
you could try to thread the needle on that. And you could even keep the challenge or the Charger Daytona if you're going to do one of these old SUVs. If you're looking to upgrade just to like with a one car sort of um, setup, you know, maybe look at like a lightly used like Scat Pack or something, get the 392. Uh, that could be fun. Uh, that said, you know, you might want to factor in all wheel drive and just maybe get like a lightly used all wheel drive Charger or Challenger. Uh, you know, again, it's snowy up there. Even an all-wheel drive Challenger, I think, might still be a little squirrely in the, the snow. But, um, you know, you know you like like the uh, the LX platform. Uh, you might just want to sell it and get a, like a slightly newer one and then maybe use some of your extra money to get one of these like roughly 90s era, uh, you know, big boxy SUVs. And that could be like your new toy. So, um you know, just getting to like the last decade at least of Charger or Challenger and then have some fun with the old SUV. So, you know, it could be one way to play it. Let us know what you end up doing. I, I feel like there's a couple of different questions here. And I'll just close with, hey, if you want to go spend your money on a Lotus from the early 70s, hey, have fun. <laughs> sure. You only live once, right? I mean, that's... Make sure you, you fit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Europa. Those yeah. Europas are tiny. Right. I, yeah. I've sat in one before and I don't even know how you operate the pedals. <laughs> like they're just so <laughs> close together. So little. <laughs> All right. Well, clearly Forerunner is my theme. Uh, what do you think of <laughs> Joel Stocksdale, our news editor, who suggested a Bronco or a K5 Blazer or a Ram Charger? That's kind of awesome. Yeah. Joel always comes out of nowhere with um, really great ideas. And um, after hearing them, it's always hard to disagree with him. Uh, I love uh, the the K10. Um, I think that's the one because <laughs> it's just so cool. It's got so much character. Um, but if you're gonna go newer, um, the Bronco Forerunner again. Uh, I don't know. Um, it, the Forerunner is probably the the good newer choice here. Um, although the Bronco again probably the more enthusiast oriented the forerunner is just solid as heck yeah yeah i would agree with that i think um yeah it's funny i just saw a ram charger on the road um geez a couple weeks ago uh and i i feel like it's almost like the forgotten kind of like you know just vehicle of that era not if you're like a dodge or a ram fan but i just man it's like when you look at some of the different things that people like are looking for and are sought after it feels like that one doesn't come up you know it's it's like this forgotten like kind of like kind of like smallish suv for the yeah. time um <laughs> pretty unique i i still like the looks i really think that's like a really bold look with those steel wheels so yeah well done joel uh yeah from the future all or to the past tons of character tons of character all right, so our last one, episode 683, uh, lost the Golf Mark 7 in an accident in San Diego. Uh, the car was nicknamed Gunther. Um, before that, he had a renegade Trailhawk. So we'll just go ahead and listen in on this one. This one comes from, uh, from, comes from Isaiah. Uh, really enjoys listening to all of us, especially uh, when he goes on his drives to take photos. Sounds good. I uh, was referring to take some photos of his Mark 7 Golf. Uh, it was in an accident on the 15 in San Diego. Uh, that sounds like it's 
kind of rough. Sad about the situations, naturally, um, considering he and Gunther. It sounds like he named the car. Okay, cool. Had been through a lot together. Prior to my golf, I had a Jeep Renegade Trailhawk, which I loved. Uh, maybe a tad more than the golf, but it was a lemon, okay? He's still willing to give Jeep another chance. Also enjoyed taking it out of the trails, um, doing things like that. So some of the cars he's considering are a uh, first-gen uh, Tiguan uh, with four motion, a Golf Alltrack, maybe a GTI or an R. You've really come to the right episode of the podcast <laughs> for this. Uh, or maybe looking at a V60 Cross Country or a Jeep Cherokee Trailhawk. Um, oh, wait, two more, Compass or a two-door Wrangler. Um, so that's basically the long and short of it. Doesn't want to go above $30,000. So he's been primarily looking at used vehicles. Thanks sure. for writing, Isaiah. I'll kick it over to you, James. What do you think? Uh, well, as you've already lifted a Golf, get a Golf R, lift it. I've seen one of these. There was recently one for auction on Bring a Trailer or Cars and Bids. I don't remember, but it was really cool. And I would absolutely do that. Uh, because the Alltrack, yeah, it's kind of lifted, but kind of barely. You're going to have to lift the thing anyway if you actually want to use it. And then you'd have a really cool car uh, that that's kind of like kind of a rally take on the Golf R. That would be super cool. You've already you've already done. Just make a cooler version of what you had before. And uh, yeah, that would be a rad car. You should totally do that. It's a pretty yeah. good take. Go ahead, there, Zach. I. I don't disagree with you there, James. That's definitely the coolest thing to do of all the options that you've listed out there. A, a lifted golf hour gets a, a big stamp of approval to me. Um, if you want to go something more factory fitting, uh, I would suggest perhaps a Bronco Sport. Uh, you can have you know your brand new car for under $30,000 if you want, or you could go used and maybe get one that's, I don't know, maybe six months old at this point, close close to a year almost. And bang, you have great off-road capability, uh, all the new tech you'd want. And, you know, it, uh, it's a pretty cool-looking car, too, if you ask me. It's definitely not going to be as fun as a Golf R on-road, but uh, a little option if you want a little more off-road capability, I think. I, you know, it's interesting because he's, to me, there's a little bit of two different things here. You kind of want that, like, I mean, you're considering a GTI a golf hour, you're looking at lifting, but you also talk about how just off-roading is such an important part of like what you want to do. It's tricky because used cars right now are probably, not probably, they are inflated. Um, my initial impulse is almost just to look at like a used Wrangler, but for 30 grand, you're probably not going to get a very, a lot of a used Wrangler, you know, just because prices, like I said, are so inflated right now. But I would still at least, you know, have some fun, look at the listings. See if you could find a used Wrangler for about thirty grand and live that life for a while. I mean, I've I've never owned a Wrangler. Um, I sort of feel like looking at them on a used in normal times, like the used car perspective, could be the right way to get into the Jeep brand and and go from there. So that's that's kind of my recommendation. Go a little bit differently than you guys, um, but uh, you know, good luck with the search, Isaiah. Yeah, and you know, at at thirty thousand dollars, you can get yourself a really nice used Wrangler. I yeah. feel you know, it, it might not be you know a fully loaded Rubicon and whatnot. You know, that's 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 from two thousand eighteen and up. But you could probably get a nice JK that has some yeah. options. Maybe it has a few mods you already like on it. Uh, it's it's definitely a 
a valid option so long as you can handle the the fuel costs that come with it. I know that fuel is a little expensive these days, so <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe if it just just depending on where you live, just just take that into account. Yeah, that's some good perspective. Um, so yeah, give those a. Give those some consideration there, Isaiah. And then we have one update from Cameron. This is from episode 681. Uh, he was looking, he had a BMW 135 and a Tacoma. He was going to replace them. It was keep one, keep both, sell both. Um, and basically what he does is he writes in and he says, hey, I appreciate the insight and I enjoy listening to the podcast. We'll definitely consider embracing the future and looking at the XC90 hybrid. That is a quote from senior editor for All Things Green, John Snyder. So, hey, take John's advice. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, and thanks for the update, Cameron. Really appreciate it. Okay. So, this was a three-person show. Uh, James Riswick wanted a golf R lifted. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Zach Palmer uh, agreed and suggested a Bronco Sport, and I went with a Wrangler. I feel like when you suggest a Wrangler in a situation like this, you're just always going to be okay. Um, you know, I don't know anything to add. Would you go with do different here or what do you think? Um, I've had a V60 cross country before and really enjoyed that. Um, but, uh, you know, the, I think maybe this guy was going for a little, something a little more, uh, hardcore, but, um, so the, the Cherokee Trailhawk is, probably what i would land on if i were him but if i were me i'd maybe go with um a golf of some sort um probably the all track maybe throw a ram charger in there too <laughs> yeah why not <laughs> <laughs> all right so that is uh the some of our more enjoyable interesting spend my monies uh i think overall we actually do a pretty good job at these uh, you know, I know it's a bit of a humble brag and I mean, what am I going to say? Yeah, we're wrong most of the time, <laughs> but um, we, I don't know. I, I really enjoy the mailbag. I think it's one of my favorite parts of the show. Spend my money. It gets us, you know, it lets us basically shop uh, for cars during work hours and, you know, kind of get the juices flowing as to what like I might want to buy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think it's a fun part of the show. And a lot of times it's a nice refresher into car history because a lot of these people are looking for something used with a lot of character, which, um, you know, it's always nice to take a step back in our own automotive past and think about the things we've driven that really stood out to us. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of cars that we've driven and uh, it's really nice to revisit them and, and throw, throw some suggestions out there. Sounds good. So... That's it for this week's episode. Uh, if you enjoyed the format, please get in the comments. Uh, let us know. Send us uh, your feedback on this show or more. Spend your monies, my monies, everybody's money. That's podcast at autoblog.com. If you enjoy the show, please give us a five-star rating uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us get the word out and helps more people who love cars uh, get into our podcast. Be safe out there, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>